morning again. So I a little bit this morning uh, in my forthcoming book, and I want to read uh, some more poetry from the book. A few verses composed in glorification of all around to begin our discussion this morning. Some uh, descriptive rather than narrative poetry as we this morning. Descriptive poetry at this time. Sevaka Bhagavan. Feet soft like the lotus, long, strong arms with hands that reach to his knees, broad chest garlanded with gunja, dark hair raised and tied in a top knot, circled with a bounty of forest flowers, while Ram's beauty knows no bounds. His complexion clear and white, reflective, like reflective moonlight. Bhagawan of friendly frame of mind, he sometimes serves, while at other times is concerned with how his younger brother behaves, sages call him relative. Mighty, witty, wise and well-dressed in midnight blue, tilak made in musk deer cube, his chest kissed by a single earring, a lotus circled by bees decorates his other ear. O Balaram, a voice deep in tone. When will I hear your call to serve the sound of your buffalo horn? So I wanted to uh, then explain a little bit from the narrative of what we read this morning that may be appropriate and uh, see where it takes us. These, these are some excerpts from, I said, my forthcoming book about Sakurati, Abhuta uh, Bhakti, but it is also about Sakurati Abhuta Bhakti only in Braj. Sakurati also extends beyond uh, the Braj to the metropolitan Leelas of Krishna. We find it in Mathura, in Dwarka, in Pandavas, in Draupadi. We find it uh, as an admixture in in Dwarka, in Uddhavas, Dasyabhakti as well. So, It has its range within uh, Krishna Leela, and it, uh, it, it is manifest also in Ayodhya, in, 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 in Ram Leela, only uh, in relation with uh, where Balaram also appears as Lakshman, Lakshman Ram. But it's available to us. Only in Krishna Leela. 
In other words, uh, the, the, the window of opportunity for Bhakti Rasa in Ramlila, it does not extend to Sakya, Vatsalya, Madhurya, but the Dasya Bhakti of Hanuman. Although there is some expression of Sakya, they say Lakshman, and Vatsalya, uh, as opposed to Vaikuntha, Krishna doesn't have any, Narayan doesn't have any parents there. And of course, uh, the uh, consort of, of Sita, but just as Rama's Ek Patni Vratta took a vow, this Ram Ram Chandra, you have only one wife, and so you can become a gopi of Ram. It's not possible. Similarly, you cannot have Patsali Bhakti with Ram. Neither is uh, Sakya. But the presence of these two uh, sentiments, rasas, in this special region, if you will, of Vaikuntha, known as Ayodhya, where Bhagavan Narayan is appearing as a, uh, in, in a human like form. We find some, some expression of these rasas. And in this way, Ayodhya is actually pointing through these, uh, through, through Lakshman, through um, Dasarath, through uh, Sita, to the, to the possibility of such experiences of sacred aesthetic rapture for us pointing, that is, to, to, to Krishna Loka, to Goloka, where we can find them in, in, in Dwaraka to some extent, Matura to some extent, and where they are fully expressed in the Braj Lila of Krishna. <coughs> and, <coughs> excuse me, and, of course, we're blessed with the the grace and powerful, powerful and very passionate outreach of Nityananda Prabhu and Gaur Lila that uh, has um, done more than any other um, effort and as a person has done more than any other person or divine figure to promote the Madhurya Rasa of, uh, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation even while he himself is steeped in Sakurasa and provides thereby as a, in a subordinate role his Sakurasa is nonetheless an opportunity to experience it, to enter into that. Um, so, our concern, at least in, in, in book, <laughs> Is with, and, and really, as, in terms of our sampradaya, is with, if at all, with the sakurati of Braj. So, our book, our, our narrative uh, introduction, if you will, that we uh, read this morning, is kind of a beginning to the first chapter, not the introduction of the book, but the introduction of the first chapter. Um, Describes that uh, the uh, the birth of, of Balaram, and thereby the birth of Sakurasa, and 
course, Raj, here we find the fountainhead of all divinity in Krishna, and Rasaraj, so the fountainhead of all possibilities uh, in terms of sacred aesthetic rapture. Uh, and so, uh, the Sakyarati in its fullest form appears there in Braj. And, and in a sense, that, in that sense, takes birth with Baldekurim, with the, with the birth of, of, of Balaram. Mm-hmm. So, appropriately, yeah. in our uh, text, we've begun a book about Sakyarati with some poetic explanation of the appearance of Balaram. And um, the narrative begins with the appearance of, of Purnamasi and Marumangal on the scene in Braj. The scene, of course, at the time is one of um, it's an underlying Anxiety. How can that be? <laughs> in Braj, in Vrindavan, an underlying, unspoken um, anxiety or concern. The concern arises from the fact that Nanda and Jashoda, the king and queen of the cowbirds, are getting old. And they have had no son. What is a family life without a son and a daughter? Without, without children. And of course the son, in this case, would, in this cultural milieu, would be the heir to the, to the, uh, to the, the kingdom of the cowards, the leader of the cowards. Nanda Maharaj is the leader, although he was not the eldest son, typically the eldest son would be chosen, and he was. Um, Arjunya, the grandfather of Krishna, who had uh, five sons, five Nandas. Nanda is the verbal Sanskrit root for bliss. Ananda, all his sons. Nanda, uh, Upananda, Sananda, and so on. Five of them. Five Nandas. <coughs> Amongst them, Upananda was the Elvis, as you know, and he was, of course, selected at a certain point to be the heir to the throne, and the coronation ceremony was performed, uh, where officially Upananda became the king. And the first act that he performed as the king of the cowards of Braj was to pass the crown on to the middle brother, Nanda Maharaj. He said, after all, I'm only an Upananda. In this sense, he meant a little Nanda, comparatively. So, all the brothers <laughs> agreed, and all the people thought it was a very wise, uh, they were very happy with the king. He had a very wise decision that resonated with everybody's sensibilities, as to the speciality, if you will, of the qualities of the one son, Nanda Baba. Hmm? Whose son, of course, 
um, everyone then anticipated for some time, but uh, as time passed and there was no issue from the Shoda, it was an ongoing kind of slow-burning concern and anxiety amongst the residents of, of Braj. This is a kind of, uh, how would you call it, um, <coughs> what is the word for it in Vatsali Ras? Um, not Purvarag, but similar to Purvarag. Purvarag is called Madhuri Rasa. Before meeting, lovers before meeting, feeling separation from one another. Having not yet said or heard from one another, I love you, but feeling as such. In the same, uh, similar type of separation is experienced in, in, in Dasya and Sakya and Vatsalya, but um, Purvarag is a particular term for that experience in Madhurya Rasa. And forgive me, but at the moment, the Sanskrit word, um, maybe your memory marsh slips my mind for anybody. A similar idea. The example given in, in uh, I believe, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu is Arjuna. This is, he's a Purisamandi, he's a metropolitan city friend of Krishna. And um, he heard about Krishna. I think he saw a picture of Krishna and fell in, 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 into, in, in love in, in Sakyabhava for him. And, uh, of course, before he had met him, so he was experiencing this kind of separation before meeting. And then there's a corresponding union, obviously, with all that, with that type of separation and all the other types of separations. So, uh, there's some kind of uh, pervading uh, sense of separation before the birth of Krishna that is causing this anticipation and, and, and wishfulness, if you will, hope, desire. You know, the world is 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 really desire-driven. So it's an observer, Bhagavad Gita says, it's an observer-driven reality, the world. Hmm? Be careful what you desire, what they say. You might, might have hmm? um, Matter is, is, is simply a sea of potentialities. Hmm? And when agitated by the will, by desire, then it takes shape, it manifests, and so on and so forth. Bhagavan Vishnu's reflection on Maya from a distance causes her to move, begin to take shape, and so forth. But as refle- he reflects on her, mm-hmm. what to do with her. <laughs> can't get too close to her, but can't ignore her either. <laughs> She's my own Shakti, my separate Shakti. So sometimes it's described as a glance, but a glance may also be. And also refer to it as a reflection. Right? And consciousness is then reflected in matter and the world. The jivas, 
are impregnated into the womb of material nature and, and the world starts to go around, if you will, by the force of their uh, desire. So Golokas is, is similar. I mean, it's not different in, in that sense, other than the fact that rather than the material energy being the the ocean of potentiality, it's the Sarusha, Krishna's internal energy, that is the ocean of potentiality that when in touch with his desire, or his desire as played out through his friends, through his lovers, associates, and so forth, then the Sarupshati is manifesting. Just like yourself, you will have a form in Goloka, Sagopa, or Gopi. Someone may say, now, it's said that the, the Swarup is eternal. Nityasiddha Krishna Prem, Sadya Kokonai, Shravana Disuddha Chitte, It's not something that is, our goal, our ideal, is not something that is a product within time. All things that are products within time are problems for us. Because in time, they appear and, and they have a time, therefore. A time in which they will disappear. Appearance is, in time is the beginning of disappearance. Because this was born, it will die. Right? Uh, so, we can't have a goal that is not eternal. So Krishna describes his abode in the Gita in several places. My place is different. My abode is different. Up to Brahmalok, even. Maybe a desirable place. Long life. The life of Brahma is, is fantastic. Right? Fantastic. Eight something. <laughs> fantastic number. That you could, if, you, if you knew today you were going to live that long, you might take it easy. <laughs> We've got time. <laughs> I've got time. But Krishna says, from Brahma on down, then uh, everyone has to take birth again, which means those abodes are not eternal. But mine, by contrast, this is, this, is a, this is a simple point, but it's an important point, especially um, to uh, share in the international community of Gaudiya Vaishnavas, where there are some ideas about the nature of Goloka and Prayoja that are um, well uh, not supported by the scripture and problematic for us thereby. The idea that that like Brahma's planet you can come down from there, you will take birth again. Krishna says, those abodes you can take birth again. The difference in mind is those who live there they never take birth. Hmm? What's he say? He says, 
He's describing it as luminous by through different uh, drawing on different uh, features of nature that uh, that we rely upon here for light, sun, moon, fire. He says, my abode is, 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 is not illumined by sun, by moon, by fire. He's citing the prominent luminous aspects, uh, features of nature. And luminosity, of course, is uh, a, what do you say, a metaphor for, for, for knowing. You know, you can see the light bulb in the head, in the, in the graphics, right? The light went on. So, so knowing. Uh, tapa. Tapa means fire. Means, it means austerity. It means knowledge, also. It also ultimately, tapa, bhagda, means sacrifice. It comes to bhakti, ultimately. To shed light on Gopal. Hmm? Brahma's tapa. Hmm? What do you think his tapa was? If you heard these two syllables, tapa, when you meditate, what, 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 what was his tapa about? What did, what did it result in? It resulted in the darshan of, of, of Krishna in Gopavesh, dressed as a Gopa. A little bit uncharacteristically, dressed as a Gopa with a Gyanudra. But the point is, what kind of tapa will you do? Lay on a bed of nails, or, or fasting, submerging yourself into the Ganga, to the neck, get uh, in the month of Mog, at, at, at midnight or dawn, at the whole coldest time of the day, something like This will not you produce the result, if you will, of, uh, of uh, a kind of darshan with Brahma God. So, from this we can understand this top ultimately comes to the idea of bhakti. Love is born not from the womb of sacrifice. When our senses, our body uh, suffers, then the way in which we deal with that is by going within. Let's, let's say you get arrested and you get you know, tied up and so forth and you're in a very difficult situation. How do you deal with that? You're in a forced situation of tapa. So even by force, what happens is the inner life starts to... You start to reason about it. You start to look at a bigger picture. become philosophical. Something where you can live through it. So... Restricting the outgoing, uh, if you will, uh, uh, the attraction for outward going and taking from the world, exploiting, uh, and instead turning within. This is the basic basic idea of of spiritual life. So, how do we get there? So, uh, <laughs> some tangent there. Uh, 
So, anyway, our ideal is, uh, well, is like Brahma's ideal. And, um, and his ideal also is, uh, as to continue on the tangent, was uh, such that having the darshan of Krishna in Gopuraj, Krishna extended to him, as Bhagavatam explains, the opportunity to, to for sakyamati. These are the words of Bhagavatam. The relationship, as Vishnathakita comes, in, in a friendly sentiment. He got that opportunity, and he got an opportunity to see that, what that was all about, in due course, after his initiation, during the Brahma Vimohan Lila. There is Krishna in Gopavesh, but not with the Gyan Mudra. Looked like an impersonation of his guru. Looks like my guru, but he's not acting like a guru. Instead of sitting and giving Upanishadic wisdom in the four essential verses of the Bhagavatam, for example, and uh, blessing me with knowledge, diksha, gopal mantra, and so forth. He's putting food in his friend's mouth, and and they're taking food from their mouth, and put it in his mouth. As soon as they taste it, they think, that tastes so good. I should share it with him. Take it out of their mouth and put it in his mouth. Seeing this, he was he was given a full uh, view. Is this what you want? <laughs> he wanted to be my friend. Is this what you want? He couldn't quite understand it. This brahmi had forehead. He was properly initiated for some time. Still, he couldn't quite understand that goal. That's what we're talking about, the goal. We're talking about it here for a moment in terms of Sakyarasa, and of course, that's the subject. But prior to that, I was saying, to continue in the straight line, that the road of Krishna is that place, unlike the other places that, that you could go. It is luminous. It is full of knowledge. It means, that, and that is why he says, Although there's no need for sun, there's no need for the moon, there's no need for electricity, it's luminous, and therefore, there's, there's no there's no falling from there. There's no ignorance. Well, you know these things. A very special place. And there, Krishna is, is, is playing himself out in terms of being Rasaraj. And the operative environment that, that facilitates this, that is his Sarup Shakti. So Sarup Shakti, Maya Shakti. They're similar, but in many ways, but, but different. Right? There's a both a seize, if you will, of potentiality. And when the Jiva's will, or Bhagavan's will, hmm, is exercised, 
in relation to that environment, the environment reciprocates. In Golok, in the Lila, in the Paravion, the, the, the Sankalpa, the will of the Jiva, is entirely one with the will of Bhagavan. But it doesn't mean that everyone is just moving around Bhagavan, whatever he wants, I do it. Whatever he wants. Nimitamata Bhavasabhisa. This is a different thing. It's mentioned in the Gita, a different thing. To be the instrument of Bhagavan in this world, do something for him, uh, according to his will. It's manifest in a very beautiful, very charming way. We call it rasa. Hmm? Okay. Wherein there, there is love, the object of love and love. Hmm? These two are required for us. We become the object with the love, and he is the object of love. Years ago, I saw a book in the, uh, that was written by famous, I think he, Cambodian or Vietnamese monk Thich Nhat Hanh. His book was Being Peace. Being Peace. It's kind of a Gandhi and I thought perspective and be the what did he say Gandhi be the change, you change that you want to see in, in others or in the world mm-hmm. right in the world yeah. yeah be the change that you want so be you want peace be peace and I thought yes it's good but we want to be love love and peace as I said being love so, this is the ideal of Gaudi Vaishnav, to be a, 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 a vessel of love, of Sakyabhav, of Madhuryabhav. Hmm? We look at it from the, from the Abed perspective, then, as it's talking about, it talked about in the sutras and the Upanishads, where that emphasis is stronger, the non-difference, the non-difference. Upanishads emphasizes non-difference, non-difference. That means they are the beginning texts. They are the beginning texts about inquiry into Brahman. Hmm? Inquiry and pursuit, life pursuit beyond a religious orientation to a spiritual orientation. First, Dharma Jignasu, inquire about how to be human and, and, and make your human life legal. Legalize it. Civilize it. Hmm? You've come from animal life now. There's, a, there's an animality to you. But but now you have the opportunity, in, in, in conjunction with revelation, to, to be, be different. To be different. To, to, do, to say please. To say thank you. To have gratitude. For the bounty of life, to share it voluntarily, to make a sacrifice. You can't ask your dogs to do that. Why don't you let you know? Fido eat first. You know, you, you can't. They just go right. They're driven by their a particular embodiment that doesn't give them the chance, the opportunity to ask. They often say, "Why?" about meaning, about purpose, about value. These are all questions that have nothing to do with matter. They have something to do with conscious everything to do with consciousness. And when and when and when we talk about quality, qualitative 
existence rather than a quantitative measurement of reality. Feeling, purpose, kindness arises. The opportunity to do something voluntarily rather than just being so embodied, if you will, that the embodiment is driving the whole affair. The Maya Shakti is driving the whole affair. In human life, it's like you get on probation. You're out of the jail, you're still being watched. <laughs> so now how you will act, how you will conduct yourself, if that's good, then you can go further. You can be promoted. Hmm? You have some freedom, but then comes some responsibility. So that is Dharma Vyagnasa, inquiry into how to temper and color my life with consideration of the fact that those things that I want, that I need, that I feel that I need, I'm not independent in acquiring them. This is a basic idea. That, that I require sun to see. I require light to see. There's no greater manifestation of light than the sun, and arguably all light comes from the sun, even if you develop it electrically, you know, computerize it, and so it, it, it's derived. So, so we, we so we live uh, in a thankful, grateful type of life where we approach and interact with nature with uh, uh, in a loving way. It's said that if you love someone, they'll tell you all their secrets. So you won't be in any ignorance if you learn how to love. It's, it's true. You, you can feel it, know it, you've experienced it. If you love someone, then there's, there's nothing that you won't know about. And that they won't know about you. So love is a kind of knowing. Again, Rajavidya. Krishna says, you want to know? <laughs> Here's my Upanishad discourse. Rajan says, knowledge. But Krishna says, excuse me, what is knowledge? He says, He tells Arjun, to love me, to love me is to know me. I am unknowable. I am unknown and unknowable. means can't be captured by knowledge. Knowledge is sattvic. Action is rajasic. Bhakti is nirguna. On his own terms, if we approach, if the opportunity to approach on his own terms is made available to us by him, Yes, we have some will to exercise, but we only have the opportunity to exercise will in relation to him if he makes the opportunity available to us. Of course, he's not involved. That is another thing. Because if he was involved, then people would fault him. The devotees would not allow him to be involved. They do the work of canvassing, choosing who will get bhakti, who will not. Hmm? And they really don't choose who will and who not. They just try to give it to everybody. <laughs> they just try to give it to everybody. They're the Kripa Shakti of Bhagavan. 
They are his manifestation of his mercy in the world. Bhakti is arising in their hearts. And its very nature is such that, that it's so fulfilling that one feels the necessity to share it. If I could move a little in this way, touch them with this, what would be the, what would be the result? I know what the, the result of, what would be the result of them? Hmm? One feels like this. Bhakti is, in one sense, the, compa- the very compassionate nature of Krishna. So, Vanchakalpataruvyascha, Kripa Sindhuvyayavacha, Patitanam Pavanakivashmanam. Kripa is ocean of mercy, of compassion, and kindness. Paradukkuruki Kripa Puthi. For themselves, they have no sorrow. But they feel some sorrow for others. In two ways. They have some experience of sorrow. They've been there. That's one thing. The other side is, they're so happy. <laughs> so much ananda. Again, as I was saying earlier. So, it, 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 by its nature, it, it seeks to, to share itself. Love seeks to share itself. Hmm? You get up and talk about it. There was this actor, this, uh, Young, he's not young anymore, but handsome young man. What's his name? Um, as most of them are. What's his name? Uh, Tom Cruise. Heard of him, right? He's a famous actor. So, some years ago, he married, married a girl who idolized him in her youth. In other words, she was a, a kind of a groupie of Tom Cruise. And uh, so, I don't know, they must have been pretty far apart in age, I guess, but uh, not enough for it to be too controversial. At any rate, she ended up marrying uh, her teenage, you know, idealized sweetheart. And Tom was quite overwhelmed by it, too, apparently. So, um, he was on the show, the uh, like something like the Oprah Winfrey show. I don't think it exists anymore, but... Um, and she had her own show, but it was a very famous show at the time. And so at some point in the, in the discussion, we were talking about his relationship, and he jumped up on the couch and started, like, talking about it. He was animated about his feelings and so forth. So, but I said also the other day, I was saying, and I've said it before, in, in the realm of karma, we move by the force of obligation. In the realm of Lila, we move not out of emptiness and necessity uh, and force, but, but out of fullness and completeness. So, uh, uh, this, is, this is the movement of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The hands moving, the movement in the Lila. It's, uh, it's, by its very nature, it seeks to share itself. And of course, it also sees, oh, I can't share it. Tom got a little embarrassed after that. Keep it to yourself. I mean, no, you love her, but I mean, you know, that's enough. Mm-hmm. So the, the devotees, they try to share it, and then also they need time in their own space. Mm-hmm. What can be done? I try to share. But even though Tucker said, what did he say? I tried to preach. I hatched so many preaching strategies. 
I came up with, I wrote so many books, but nobody cares for it. Close the door, put some prashad under the door once a day, I'm done. That was the last four years of his life. I'm a great public figure, Thakur Bhakti Vinod, the father of our Paribar, Bhakti Paribar. So much he did for sharing dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And in the end, he said, ah, nobody cares. <laughs> My Ramash made a big effort, you know, he was very empowered to, to widely uh, disseminate Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching, similar to what Nityananda Prabhu did, without like a lot of, sometimes not. Not necessarily philosophical, but chant and be happy and somehow take prashana. This is, uh, <laughs> and he wrote many books, of course, but still, it, it, it just needs to cross some of the T's and dot some of the I's there uh, as we go, go forward. Some little service has been left um, for us, but it's a broad campaign, and I, I was with him once, uh, and more than one occasion, but once in New York, when this kind of thing happened in New York. With him uh, in the elevator, and he said, I said, you know, Prabhupada's your preaching is so wide, and so you're doing something. He said, oh, I'm just doing some nonsense here, you know, something. And, uh, and exactly what he said, I'll have to paraphrase, but the idea was like Bhakti Vidal, like, yeah, but who's interested in making all this effort? Still, anyone continued the effort and so forth, but but um, at times also he told us we should boil the milk. We should boil the milk. We have enough devotees now. We're lucky we got one. When he came to America, he said he was prepared to preach to the walls. He didn't know what he would encounter, what type of reception he might get, if any at all, and so forth. So sometimes we need to place, place emphasis on preaching, clear tongues, because it's important. It's important for us. Hmm? It's important for us. If we share the teachings with others, that will be good for us. It will be good for them, whether they'll take advantage of it, or when, I should say, that's another thing. So, this preaching is, what is the saying? It's, it's a, it's a, um, it's a, It's a labor of, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, there's an English adage and I can recall, but it's, um, anyway, it's, it's something that you care a lot about it, you do it, but you don't get the results that you, you, you would like more often than not. People are very concerned about finding a good guru, and I agree with them. And um, what they don't stop to think about sometimes is that it's as hard as it is to find a good guru, it's hard to find a good student. Very difficult. But the Vaishnava is a very kind, a very compassionate to make effort to try. Mm-hmm. Bhakti Vinod made such effort, so many strategies he came up with in the end. 
it is closed down shop and entered into the river. You can say he spoke so much so nicely about Krishna. Took even some liberties philosophically to try to integrate into the Western world and have accepted and so forth. At a certain point, Krishna just silenced him. Come and stay with me. Enough. You cannot say enough about me. That's a fact. One cannot say enough about me. I cannot be captured by language, by sound, by, by word, by language, by thought, hmm? by love, the love, the effort you've made. Hmm? I cannot stay separate from you. You brought it into that world. That world of they say, world of no return. There, hmm, the Shakti is the potentiality and the desire of Bhagavan, the desire of the, of the jiva that is one with Bhagavan. In other words, to enter there, you have to become a sadhu. You can't have any other desire. Pujapadshita hmm? Maharaj marveled at how my Guru Maharaj, because he knew him, before he left India to go to America, and then saw him when he came back. And then he thought, hmm, something happened along the way. <laughs> something happened along the way. He was very introspective, Shiramar, so he reasoned about it and so forth. Hmm? And then he got a copy. I don't know where he got it. Somehow he got a copy of Prabhupada's poem on the Jaladutta. Boat. The prophet expressed, uh, it's a very beautiful poem where he expresses both the, both Sharanagati, which is relative to Sadhana, and the desire to surrender, to give up, hmm, to empty oneself out, to do the bidding of Guru, Guru Dev, on the one hand, and then, then he moves to the other side, to Bhava. Sharanagati and Sadhana to Bhava and expresses his aspiration. What does he say? Tumarmanani Vaya Pavashi Shukur Vaya Kuchurani Kutipur Kuttavani Chutta Chuttivani Kaya Tukti Sedin Kavihavimor. Very sound of the words. Chuttavani Kuttavani Chutta Chuttivani Kaya Tukti. You can understand it. I want this only to sportfully roll and turn somersaults on the ground, various sports, to hold my arms up like this and run, following the shadows of birds that are flying up above, hmm? to jump into the trees with the monkeys hmm? and chase them. <laughs> And imitate the sounds of, 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 of the various creatures of Vrindavan and leap over, over my friends like a frog. Sukhamuni <laughs> in Bhagavad is a beautiful, extensive description of all these types. Kotnabani, Chutta Chutibani, Kaivutupi, from forest to forest, throughout, throughout the whole day, throughout the spots. Now he entered into the Sakirati of, uh, of, of Braj. So heartily he expresses this, and so appropriately in the language of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri having 
What did he say? First, deserve, then desire. So, what he meant, I have examples of that. If you want to go to India, he said, Swami, I'd like to go to India, I'm all excited about it. Can you tell me all about it? Then I say, do you have a job? No. I say, do you have have a visa? No. Do you have a passport? No. Uh, Do you have any money? No. Do you have a job? No. Don't talk to me about going to India then. But if you want me to talk about it, if you want to go to India, that's good. And I'll tell you how to go, get a job. No, I want to go to India. I want to get a job. I want to go to India. You have to get a job so you can get money. But people in India don't have money. But you need money to go there. When you get there, they last it for some <laughs> place where it's funny. Then you need to get a passport, then you need a visa. When you get that, then we'll talk about India. Hmm? We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it as much as we can. What it's like. Hmm? But only do you go there and get this and Terry, will you know? <laughs> I think he's an I've been Indian. I'm a veteran. <clears throat> So, we should have the desire, certainly. You know, Prabhupada was fond of saying that you should read the first, so study the first nine candles of the Bhagavatam, and not the first, not the then later the tenth candle. It's appropriate. But he gave, before he gave any cantos, he wrote the Christian book, which is the tenth canto, the narrative of the tenth canto. So, one of my God was once asked in the practice world saying, read the first nine candles, but you gave the Christian book first, and he told us to give it out everywhere. We were selling them everywhere, the Christian book. And uh, perhaps we have to give a little taste to start with, so they have a desire to begin with where to go. And then conduct yourself in such a way that you'll be attracted. That, that, that the group shakti will be attracted to you. Of course, you can't really qualify yourself. The group shakti is, is, is generous beyond any welfare state could possibly be. But sometimes devotees make a choice. They think, I'll go to this area rather than that area. People might be more, or, or at least pious over there, something like that. So, to go there, to go into the Lila, to go into that sea of potentiality is the Srup Shakti. As the material world is a sea of potentiality, we call it the Maya Shakti, and it takes forms and shapes hmm, relative to the, the expression of will, hmm, particularly in human society, which sets the whole thing in motion. And the overarching will of Bhagavan, again, reflects upon it. So, in Lila, them, hmm? the friends of Krishna, the lovers of Krishna, and so forth. They have so many desires, but all those desires are, con- are, are, are part of what it means to be in Sajjadasa, to be in um, Madhuriya Rasa, Bhattali Rasa. So there's two sides to look at, from the Veda side, Abed side, non-difference, what these bhaktas are, their bodies are Krishna's. They're, they're extensions of Krishna's own senses. Krishna has a transcendental body, transcendental senses, and he gives his transcendental senses to his devotees. 
so that he has now more senses to taste, to smell, to hear, and experience, and so forth. Hmm? It's described in, in, in Ubindabhasha, commentary of, of our Vedanta Charge about the Nikibusa drawing from the Upanishad. Right? So, it's the Veda perspective. In other words, you got a body, the body is Krishna himself. It means it's this body of Shakti, it's his own inner Sarup Shakti. It's like Radha is not different from Krishna, one and different. And so they are, they're tasting as Krishna's tasting. Then we look at it from the, from the, from the Vedic side, then we call it Satyarasa, Madhuri Rasa. And we emphasize that Jiva has, has will, and now it's expressing its will in relation to the Sarup Shakti, which is the sea of potentiality, and something's happening. So, we are going to end this list by telling you that your goal has to be eternal. Right? Krishna, Krishna praying into Siddha. It can't be something that's temporary, your goal, because that's the whole problem. You're chasing after things that don't endure, whereas you want enduring life and enduring happiness. Right? So you have to have a goal that's eternal. So, the life in Krishna Lok, the life in Raj, it's eternal. It's made up of these different uh, sentiments. Vatsalya, Sakya, Madhurya primarily, some Dasya mixed with Sakya also. Mm. These Charibhav, mm. four, four Bhavas. Mm. But then you may think, yes, I want to pursue that power, it's eternal, but then you're going to appear there like a new person. So, as a beginning, right? Now you enter the Leela, there's a beginning. So we said, it has a beginning, it has to have an end. So, maybe you must have been there all the time. Someone will try to resolve, like, you must have been there all the time. And somehow you dreamed and ended up here or something. You know, mm-hmm. So you did something. But otherwise it has a beginning. No, no, you don't understand. As I said, the Sulu Shakti is like a sea of potentiality. So what is it doing? It's always expressing itself in relation to the will of Bhagavan in newer and newer ways all the time. Eternally expressing itself. So the Bhava of Sakya, the Bhava of Madhurya, the Bhava of Madhurya, uh, of Atsalya, is ex- they're expressing themselves constantly in newer and newer ways. That's what's happening all the time. One of the new ways is there's a new Gopa. But it's not a new thing. It's what happens there. It's the nature of the place. It's the way in which the Sarup Shakti uh, uh, functions, if you will. So the Bhav is one, but it has unlimited expressions instead, by which it, it, it pleases Krishna. And there's no limit to that, ever. So forever and ever, there's a newness that by praying is described as being full. And what is it? It's um, and always increasing. Who said it? It's full and always How can it be both? This is, the, this is the math of the spiritual world. You see, it's, the, it's beyond logic. Hmm? Such things can be known by feeling, by loving. So to enter there, that is our ideal. And there, that beautiful place, hmm? 
where uh, it's just uh, it's the full phase of bhakti ananda. The jiva has the mananda, atmananda. Sanatana Goswami says, okay, after a long argument in Bhagavatamrita, it's true, you could attain self-realization without bhakti, like Socrates did. You could. He's making an argument that to attain Brahmananda <coughs> must be some bhakti. Hmm? You cannot get liberation without bhakti. Some bhakti. If you mix jnana with bhakti, then you can get mukti. Without bhakti, not only is there no mukti, without bhakti and varnashram, there's no fruit either. That's why Vishnu is included amongst all the gods and goddesses that you worship. That's what varnashram is, many gods, many goddesses. That's why Krishna says what? Sarvadharma pritya Mam ekam. One god. Me. That's the difference. That's bhakti. And many gods, then you, you, you there's too many gods. <laughs> you, can't get the, you can't get the desired result. <laughs> many gods, many goddesses. But one god, then you can focus all your attention there, and then you can get a very extraordinary result. If your attention is focused here, there, and everywhere, as many gods and goddesses as there are material desires. So the harness of material desires somehow, bringing in touch with those gods and goddesses, do dharma, thankfully, and from there we make inquiry. After dharma jagnasu, into brahma jagnasu, in the Upanishad, that is only the beginning. The, 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 the abhid perspective is prominent. The oneness of the jiva and brahman. The oneness of the jiva and brahman. If I may ask you, what is the one thing in the world that most resembles God? What is most like God in this world? What will your answer be? Me? You? Hmm? The sense of I. That's different than everything and all thoughts about things. It's beyond thought. What can you say about it? The definition of consciousness in uh, the, uh, I think it's maybe Stanford Encyclopedia, is something like that thing that you can't think about. <laughs> that you can't, what can you say about it? You often say that we define things by way of, in comparison to other things. Right? The way we define things is it's like this, it's like, ah, okay. But it's not like anything. Something. <laughs> How will it be defined? How will it be? It's you. You are defining everything. <laughs> How will you measure the ruler? How will the ruler measure itself? It's the measuring instrument. It's, and it's immeasurable. The atom is immeasurable. It means you can capture it in the fist of your intellect and know it. And it on a spark of chit-chat, tatasa, Chit. Hmm? Okay. And what is bhakti by which he becomes captured entirely? If bhakti comes in our heart, what is our what is our potential then? The potential of to be happy through self-realization is such a small thing. Sanatana Goswami says, Yes, it's true. 
you could become self-realized without thought. But of course you cannot get Sayuja Mukti or any other type of Mukti. But you could become self-realized. And then he very thoughtfully makes the point that somebody you know, cares. Was it what if you in the words if you if you if you they say second doesn't count. Jivanmukta, to be a Jivanmukta, is the penultimate stay, stay, step before Videya Mukti entering into, into, into Brahman. So you can become a Jivanmukta without bhakti. And Sanatana so thoughtfully says, so what? Who cares? He almost made it. Oh, okay. <laughs> he almost made it. Is that to be celebrated? Or is that to be, is that to be wept or you almost made it in hell? You almost made it. That's not something to celebrate. Hmm? Always a big Jeevan Mukta. Only Narayan. <laughs> He's a big Jeevan Mukta. He doesn't care for anyone. He's Swatantra. Independent. Hmm? Without Bhakti, he knows himself as Atman. Still, he can't get out from the gunas. What does Krishna say? Mama Maya, Duracharya, they're not possible. It's my Maya. And unless you like me, then you'll never get out. He's, he's like saying like this Mama Maya Duracharya, Mama Maya Prapadinte, Maya Maya Duracharya. Do you want the talent if you want to cross over that? It's very easy. You take shelter of me. But if you don't serve me, but to speak of you bhakti, my very compassionate nature in this world. Go back to go back to you know Punarmusita again become a mouse. Just a story. Again become a mouse. So this opportunity of bhakti dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is a very, very extraordinary opportunity for us and culminates in Prayoja in entering into the Leela, right? From where there's no return. The goal, the ideal is eternal. Hmm? You can be, be like under the influence of the Shakti and be a unit of love, a new, a new, a, a, a fresh Expression of love, of Sakyabhav, of Madhuryabhav. These are the opportunities. So, in such a place, then, how can there be some anxiety? Because I said the place is filled with anxiety. Because Nanda Maharaj doesn't have a son. But what this anxiety is, this is just another phase of that. Bhakti Rasa, some sense of separation and the sankalpa, the will, the, the, the united, unified will of the entirety of Braj is like an, an undercurrent, the undercurrent will is bringing about the birth of Krishna. Krishna is born in 
in bhakti. Right? Bhakti is the birth of Krishna. Hmm? In Brahman, there's no bhakti. So you can't see him, you can't touch him, you can't, he's everywhere, but you can't see him anywhere. He knows everything, but you can't know him at all. There's no knowing there. There's no, there's no talking, no, no, no experience. There's a very unpalatable, desirable, undesirable conception of perfection that we find uh, in Brahma Sayuja, in indeterminate, absolute. And why? What is the difference? Bhakti, Sulupa Shakti. It is making, as I said often, he was everywhere, move and dance. So that animated place, the animating force is bhakti and the will of the jiva, that means the mercy, the opportunity of bhakti comes to us, and then we have to exercise our will in terms of effort. And as the will is uh, exercised, and bhakti does the work of cleansing the heart, then she begins to decorate the heart. And now the will of the jiva is still operative. And so the opportunity that has come by mercy is developed by the will of the jiva in the sadhana, advanced stages of sadhana. And the will of the jiva fill in the details. The mercy is, I got opportunity for Sakyabhava. I got opportunity for Madhuryabhava. Now the details, well the details, that'll be filled in. I mean, somebody may give you some advice. Somebody may tell you something. Somebody may point out, oh, these are, this is the, this is the possible, this is where they come, in general, you can go to, you know, Sanat Kumar Samhita, you can find out what a Manjari looks like, what a basic age is, I can tell you. You can think about that and so forth, it may be an aid, Gurdjie may help us that way, but, but the will of the Jeeva and Sadhana makes it happen. The response to the mercy and the details are filled out. So, anyway, long story, but the point is that the birth of Krishna, if you will, is in one sense arising out of the, the, the anxiety, which is an unspoken will of all the inhabitants of Vrindavan. And Purnamasi is now appearing on the scene. Sorry for the roundabout you know, explanation, but Purnamasi is appear, appearing on the scene. And here she's, I've, I've, I've uh, described her as Jiva Goswami, is where there's some, where he has some difference from Rupa Goswami. Rupa Goswami has her, her name is Purnamasi, it means a full moon. He, she's dressed in white, in Radha Krishna Gonavishti. In Gopal Champu, she's dressed in saffron. Jiva Goswami emphasizes her, her, her role as a mystic in the Brajaliva. Hmm? Unmarried, mystic, stands out from everybody else. She appears in the brudge and she has some mystic insight. And her insight is that none of the children are going to have a son. It's happening. This is the news. That when she first touches in down in Brudge, she shares with them. So she relieves all the anxiety of everybody in, in the Brudge. 
and the celebratory mood starts to arise in this regard. She's told the secret. So she's appearing. Yashoda Mai is pregnant. The word is not out, but she knows as a mystic. And she's accompanied by Mother Mungo. Accompanied by Mother Mungo, who is uh, introduced by her as a student of Narada. See what we said here. As a student of Narada, but said the description, a student of Narada, that is a Leela description. From a Leela perspective, you would say, Madhumangal is a student of Narada, as is Purnamasi coming from outside the brudge, into the brudge, at a certain time. But from a type of perspective, then how can, how can Marumungo be the student of Narada? It should be the other way around. Do you understand? Brahma, Narada is like, is, is, is in, in, in Western um, terminology, has been described uh, over the Decades as the farcical Brahman. He's always, you know, Nard is a, is, a, is a sage, but he does some, he's kind of a, a you know, he told Kamsa, what, what is Narda telling Kamsa? Krishna's already been born, and so why is he doing this? He's in the background, kind of a, a Purnamasi esque type of Yoga Maya type of figure orchestrating and uh, acting in ways sometimes that are uh, questionable like in Ramayana hmm? where he got what is he got he got the monkey's face you know the story anyway so he's uh, uh, yeah so in the when what what is what is uh, all these alivas right outside of the brush what are they? Tugantura, Dwarka, Ayodhya, Vaikunda. They are all partial manifestations of the Braj Lila because they are all partial manifestations of Krishna who is the center of those Lilas. So, Krishna's retinue goes with him in part, wherever he goes in part. If part of him goes somewhere, some part of, of his associates go with him. Hmm? You understand? So, for example, we find Balaram is there, that's Lakshman. Right? Wherever, they, wherever Krishna goes, then, of course, Balaram going everywhere with him. That's another thing. We have to get to that. Hmm? We have to have a couple of days maybe to get there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but he's with him everywhere. Wherever, wherever Krishna goes, Balaram is there. Hmm? He's very unlike anybody else. Because wherever any other avatar or Prakash or Krishna goes, they're accompanied by, by a Shakti Tattva. And they have a complete emotional life. Ram has his Sita, Ryan has his Lakshmi, the Shringa has his Lakshmi. Hmm? Balaram, however, outside of Braj, he's got some unknown wife. Nobody knows her name. Hmm? 
few of them. There's a whole story how that came about. We'll get to that. But in Braj, outside of Braj, there's, a, there's some secondary reason why he married Revati. He has a consort there. If he goes to, that's Mahasankar, Mulsankarshan. Mahasankarshan, of course, in Vaikuntha, you know, there's a corresponding Lakshmi, and then, then Lakshmi, yes, who's his wife? I know, but you probably don't know. And that's the point. <laughs> who knows? Who's He's Lakshmi's wife. Hmm? Right. Her name is Urmila, but it's, it's like if you watch a famous movie, a great movie, and if there's a hero and the heroine, and the hero has a best friend, and the best friend's married too. We don't know who she is, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> He's got the idea. But, that's, but his role is something else. This is Balaram. Hmm? Wherever Krishna's going in any form, Balaram is there. And three's not a crowd. Hmm? You understand? Three is not a crowd. There's Lakshmi, there's, there's Nishringa, and Sage is also there. Hmm? Balaram's also there. Where is he? He's everywhere. Is <laughs> there his shoes? His crown, his umbrella, his bed. He's the bed. We're on lives with Sita. Hmm? He's everywhere. But not in a way that will get him, that will, 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 will uh, inhibit that person. Hmm? Same in Brudge, and Brudge is overtly not involved. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we have to get to that. But mm-hmm. but point is that I'm making is that just as Krishna, we'll get to it. As, maybe not today, but as Krishna expands for different leelas, so there are partial manifestations, and so his associates are going. So, therefore, from a tactical point of view, Narad must be an incarnation of Madhumanga. He's the Parsifal Brahman of the Brudge. He's not a coward. He's in Sakharasa. He's a Priyananasara. But he is a, a Brahman. He's not a Vaishya. He's the first one to let you know that. <laughs> <laughs> and there's certain privileges that go with that. that he's very quick to, uh, to uh, remind everyone of. <laughs> so he, anyway, so, so he, he's introduced from a Leela perspective, and it fits, of course. He's a student of Nara. Coming from outside, I am as well. We are here, and, and we've entered the project. We've come to live here. We're bringing a message, and so the people are are very much enamored by Purnamasi. No, much not so much by by Mongol, because he's pretty young, and uh, and he's a Brahmin. Uh, yeah, another part of this, of course, is that the Braj Lila and Vaishnavism, while it fully honors Varnashram. And the Brahmins within Varnashram, at the same time, it says, but we actually stand on the head of Varnashram. Savai pum saparo tano yadobhati bhaktir This is another kind of dharma. What is Shama eva hi This is what Gaudi Vaishnava says. Varnashram, Shama eva hi It is a waste of time. Who can say that? This is the Dharma ordained in the Shastra. Who can say that? This is the voice of Bhagavatam. Hmm? This is the New Testament of the Eastern Revelation. 
no longer the laws, but now the doctrine of love and Shamaibukabala. If you do, it says, Bhagavatam. She says, if you do the Dharma, but you don't get a taste for for uh, for Krishna, and you won't. You can't produce that kind of food. You've wasted your time. If you give up the Dharma for Bhakti, and Nara says later on, and you're not successful, you fall down, what then? Maybe you shouldn't have done that. No, he says no. That's alright. You get up again from that spot, and you go forward. So Bhakti, Bhagavatam is, 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 is really dancing on the head of Varnashram. That's one of the reasons that this Mother Mongol is Brahman. He's such a prominent character in the Brajaliva, where his Brahmanhood is made fun of. Hmm? And we fully respect the Brahman, if we can find them. <laughs> we fully respect them, but at the same time, what Vaishnavism is, what, 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 uh, what Vrindavan is, there, Varnashram is there as a, as a prop. Hmm? Understand? It's a prop of the drama. It's, it's driven by power. We can't just take Varnashram sensibilities out of the Lila and pour them here and think, now we've, now we've got Goloka. Women stand in the back and we, we, we now arranged it. It's Goloka. Just like this. We have to take the power from there. Hmm? Take the bow from there, then you can. It may play out in so many different ways relative to the circumstance and the situation. Baba makes the rules. <laughs> so, point only is that anything that could be achieved by Varnashram, that will be there and more. Anything that can be achieved by Vaidhi Bhakti, that will be there and more. After all, Nandamaraj is a perfect Vaidhi Bhakti, worshipping the Shingadev, the Shingashila. And and that's why Madhu Mangal is a homeless boy. He has no parents. He never ages. When Krishna is born and reaches the age where it's time for his his this is the prakati the manifest for his sakibhava to start to express itself. This then that's when Madhu Mangal and and, 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 and Krishna meet. You know the story of the gopis, they heard that because of Krishna's astrological chart, it was not going to be possible for them to marry him who was the, their heart's desire. Hmm? Because his chart said at a young age he's going to leave town. And so you can't marry him, he's going to go away. Then, so, so therefore, with great reluctance, out of, out of force of the law that was contradictory to the love in their hearts, all the Brajabasi parents who wanted their daughters to marry Krishna hmm, made some arrangement to marry somebody else. Hmm, and Gopikas became concerned. We will not do it. We will not follow. We don't care if it's the law. 
evil revolt. They went to the bank of the Jumuna. And they came from different parts. From all over the branch. And they met, well, you were here. Well, you were here too. And you, and what's your name? This was their group. They came from different groups, but they were part of one group. This is our group. They have this kind of feeling. We don't care. We came from that nation. We came from this song or that one. They want to hear about Krishna. They have These ideas are, they find interesting. They chant. We chant. Yeah. It's that one. There should be a group wherever you can find Krishna Bhakti. Good, good sadhusanga. So they, 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 there they, they gathered with the same ambition, each and every one of them. What was their ambition? Suicide. They entered, they held hands, they entered into the Jumuna to commit suicide. They would not marry such as their chastity, which is always in question. <laughs> and then the Jamuna appeared, right? She appeared and said, You can't do this. Don't worry, it's not like that. You will never have to marry anybody else. You will never have to be with another man, ever. Take my word for it. So some goddess is appearing. So they're simple people. Goddess from the river. An apparition becomes manifest and starts to speak if you take it seriously. So they alright, and under her direction, they began to walk back to the shore, wherein, very concerned, Brinda Devi had arrived with Purnamasi and Nalamunga. Rinaldi was very concerned because of what was taking place. She went to get Purnamasi, who said, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. It's, it's never going to happen. It, you don't have to worry about it. But still, concerned. So they arrived, and they cons- consoled them, the gopis, and then they said, you better check out Krishna. Because they're committing suicide because they can't have him and he has them only in his heart, I think. They can't hold it back. They have to express it, see how they've expressed it. In a public way, although it's private, it become a very public thing. The whole all the girls committed suicide. See how they want to make their love known. Even when trying to hide it, it shows itself. If we try to hide our problem, it will come out in so many places. If we try to show it in budding stage, it will go away. Hmm. Falls prey to this, then the light, the spark of the Bhagavad that will go dim. That should be kept carefully within. And it will come out of it. That means that it will grow. It will protect it. It will grow. Amen. It has to come out. It will be taken advantage of. 
So it came out in such a way, and, but the question is, how does Krishna feel? Hmm? You wouldn't ask the question, how does Krishna feel? I just told him, don't worry, to stop them. But is it a one side of the fair? We're not allowed to say, he feels the same way, where he doesn't show it. Come with me. So they went, Brenda Davies, Madhamongo, Jamuna, to a certain extent, Jamuna, and there was Krishna meditating. It's a dark, moon is out, Krishna's meditating. You know, in Dwarka he meditates, right? In Dwarka every morning he meditates on himself, because he's God. But in Vrindavan he meditates on Radha. And he weeps. His meditation is very successful. Hmm? He is in bliss. So Purnamasi comes and whispers something hmm? that corresponds, of course, with his heart, as if to say, I know how you're feeling. You don't have to hide it. You're in good company here. Hmm? You can't share that, obviously, with your parents and so many elders. You're not at a point even where you've been able to have close enough friends to share with friends. And all friends can't share that either. They can't deal with it. Oh, he's got a girlfriend. Yuck. <laughs> Some of them, they would go, oh, he's not with us anymore. <laughs> Something like that. So, Gurney Mossy spoke to him in such a way that he couldn't come out with it. I don't know how you feel. You're in a safe, safe situation here. And so Krishna's meditation is broken. He looks, and there is Mother Bangal, Purnamasi, and Brenda Devi. And Purnamasi takes Mother Bangal's hand and puts it in Krishna's hand. He said, You too, you, you have something in common. You have something in common. She's expressing to Krishna, you can share all of your feelings of love for the gopis with this boy, with this kind of boy. All those feelings can be shared. And they have a sadhadayam, a sympathetic heart. Madhavamala has a sympathetic heart. He can understand it. Hmm? He has some feeling for that. It, it, it is no deep enough for his own sakyabhava. That takes it to heights that exceed in excellence Vatsalyabhava, where Sakyabhava ordinarily does not. Hmm? Very peculiar, very special, special plus a specialty of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? And so Krishna is able then to, yeah, and then he asks, who's that, who's that girl? You don't know her? That's Brinda Devi. Then she's introduced. Hmm? This is the meeting of Krishna, Brinda Devi, and Mother Mongol. And of course, the Mother Mongol goes home and he, has, he, he becomes um, a permanent feature in the house of Nanda Maharaja. After all, you have to have a Brahmin around to make offerings, to do the Arctic, to the So he's a constant, uh, as portrayed in the Rigalilamrita, resident in the house of Nanda Maharaja. Here he's come on the scene along with Purnamasi, just now, he's ageless, of course, so prior to Krishna's birth, now I just described 
point where he, Krishna was born and grew up and met him, but just to give you some background, who is Madhavamal? And he is then the full face of of Narada. Narada, from a topic point of view, is his incarnation. In Gopal Champa, we did mention by Jiva Goswami in the name of Udhar Champa. Uh, uh, Udhar, um, uh, yeah, section, last section, that, um, that, that Narada is an approximation of Madhumangal. Well, Madhumangal is Narada with a lot of humor added to it. Very appropriate to this, uh, uh, Sakibhav. Uh, we have to go into that. Balaram himself is, is, the, is the presiding deity for Sakirati, which is the Bala that is the best friend of Sakirati <laughs> amongst the Bhavas. You reflect on that, what it means to be a friend, you can appreciate holding your, <laughs> your stomach with friends. <laughs> so, Purnamasi is arriving, Madhumam is arriving in this scene and announcing that Krishna, Yashoda, is going to give birth to a son, leaving the anxiety of all the grudge. And at the same time, suddenly, appearing on a black mare, a, a female horse, maybe you didn't know this, but the horse society is matriarchal. Did you know that? So much for the stallion. <laughs> you know, it's a matriarchal society. So the ladies, they leave. <laughs> There's no real stallions. Because they're depicted by the, in the movies. <laughs> but anyway, uh, on there, on black there, comes another lady. And that lady is bearing a child as well. And so there's a natural bond that's formed between Yashoda at this time and Rohini is her name. Hmm? Rohini is the name of the asterism that is uh, graphically depicted as a red cow. A red cow of plenty. Hmm? Connection with the harvest and so forth. sense of, of plentifulness and abundance and so on. She's filled up with Balaram. Hmm? Oh, the partial manifestation of Balaram was manifest in the womb of Devaki. And Krishna told Yogamaya. So now the book explains in the second canto, second chapter of the tenth canto of Bhagavatam. When Krishna told Yogamaya as the text says, transfer your, what is it, seventh child into the womb of Rohini. So the partial expansion of Balaramananta had done his work making the ground fertile for the transmission of Diksha from Vasudeva to Devaki and the birth of Krishna, born as he is out of Bhakti. And now, she should be transferred into the womb of, of, of Rohini. And Sanatana says, because Krishna said, thought and said, my Leela's and Raj will not be so happy 
without Ram there. They're so happy. They're so happy. But without Ram, they're not so She is bearing then Ram and there's a natural affinity. And the affinity, as I've said in the narrative, the poetic narrative we read this morning, is only exceeded in one sense. The affinity between the fraternity between Rohini and Yashoda is only exceeded by the affinity of their two sons for one another who will come to pass upon their birth, following on Michelin forth. First, beautiful child. So beautiful that his defects were overlooked. What were his defects? His defects were very substantial, but his beauty and charm was so great. Imagine if you had a child that was born deaf, dumb, lame, and blind. It was so beautiful that when the nurse told you that, you just, it didn't matter. <laughs> you couldn't hear it. It didn't, it didn't even register with you. Hmm? This is the beauty of Father Ram. Hmm? And that was his more or less his condition. Like, unconscious as to the world around him. It'd be a big cause for concern. And there was a concern, slightly. So, the shoulder would took him and put him on her lap. And inside her belly was Krishna, only a week away. And then Balaram became animate. And then he put him aside. <laughs> Just tell something who he is, right? Save the Bhagavan. The Bhagavan who is saved, and the Bhagavan who is, or served, I should say, Bhagavan who is served, and the Bhagavatam who is the servitor. That is Balaram. Savior, what is it? Savior, 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 Kabbalah, both. These two, they go together. Hmm? There's not an incarnation of Balaram and Krishna. There's an incarnation of Krishna and Balaram. Hmm? They're, they're in tandem. Hmm? Uh, as I say, wherever Vishnu avatars, wherever Krishna avatars, Balaram is there in some form, right? Close, interwoven. Hmm? In, in a serving disposition. And so, but in, but in Krishna Leela, he's also there, but in, in, his, in a fully pronounced way. And as a friend, the best friend of Krishna, but his, he personifies, his, he, he's actually the root, Kaviraj Goswami teaches, of the serving disposition or the, 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 the bhakti disposition in every devotee. In his, uh, Abhinam say Mul Balaram. So, with the birth of Balaram, then is the birth of, arguably the birth of, of Sakyarati, the full face of Sakyarati as it's expressed in Braj. So, we'll stop there for now. There's, there's plenty more to, to say uh, in the following days. If you do that, uh, to end further my long-winded uh, discussions. Any questions? Yes.
Kumar, you just, you just said that uh, Bahram is a full expression of uh, Sakya Rati. Yeah. But uh, he doesn't participate in the Madhurya Rasa. He's not Puyanarma Sakha. So how can it be that he's a full expression of Sakya Rati? Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. Um, is takim Sakya Rati, ale Wiemy, że on nie, nie bierze udziału w tych rozrywkach z Gopi, czyli on nie jest Puyana Masaką, czyli to znaczy, że jest niepełnym wyrazem Sakya Rati. Which includes Vatsalya and Dasya, but you were talking about Sakya. He's the presiding deity, therefore his Sakya Baba is mixed with, with Dasya. It's mixed also with, um, with Vatsalya. It cannot mix in the same way with Madhurya. I will go into this in the next discussion, but in short and brief, because he presides over the very Rati, the very Rasa that the Priyanamas have. In that sense, he's the full expression. Yes, but they have—they are the fullest expression of Sakrasi imbued with the Madhurya imbued with that. So there is there is a difference. But their Sakrasa, they are—they are also devotees of Balram and Krishna and Rama. But we'll go into that now. That's another. Where we go from here, we go there. What is the role of Madhurya Rasa in relation to Sakrasi? So, what's the time? Twelve. what? Okay, pretty long. Is it? So now it's time for Maprashat. Some people say Balaram appeared at noon. So we'll take it. We'll take Prashat. Sri Balaram Purnima, Motsakti Tehidha,